Yefremi Efia, Mikachi, Wootsie, The Fluent Show Podcast. to The Fluent Show, a podcast all about loving, living, and learning languages. Hello, everybody. My name is Kirsten Cable from fluentlanguage.co.uk, and I am here to talk to you about anything and everything interesting from the world of learning another language. And in today's episode, super, super interesting on so many different levels. I've got something for the language learners. I have a language that you might not have interacted with before, but is that just keeps on giving. It's really great. And I have got a teacher who found a super innovative new way to teach as well. So you've got two for one. It's an absolute double. Today's episode, before we forget, is sponsored by Clothesmaster. Clothesmaster is an app on working on any platform, so you can use it on your phone, on your tablet, or on your web browser, and it is designed to help you practice languages by filling in the gaps. The classic clothes exercise, it's been gamified, it's been brought into the 21st century, and you can use it now with Clothesmaster. It's available with hundreds of language pairings. There are over 50 languages available and Clothesmaster is free to use. Most recently, I've been using it for practicing Welsh as I always love practicing and learning more Welsh. And also I've been learning Italian and going on the fluency track, which teaches me the most common words in Italian. And it just happens to teach you listening skills and grammar while you're there. So you get a lot of bang for no buck because it is free to use. It's free, fun and addictive. Go and give them a shout out. Go check them out. That website where you need to go to see my intro video and sign up. And if you ever want to go pro, you get a discount as well. That all-in-one website is Clothesmaster, C-L-O-Z-E-M-A-S-T-E-R.com slash Fluent Show. Or for my American friends, it is C-L-O-Z-E-M-A-S-T-E-R.com slash Fluent Show. Thank you so much to Clothesmaster for supporting the show. Now, my guest for today's episode is somebody I met on a brand new app. No, it's not a dating app, if that's what you think. It is the new audio-based social media app called Clubhouse. I don't know if you have ever tried any rooms on Clubhouse, but today you're going to hear what it's like to teach and learn languages over on Clubhouse. And there's a huge global audience of people on Clubhouse and so many of them open rooms, that's what it's called, in lots of languages where you can join in, listen in and sometimes even speak to practice languages from French all the way to the language that we're focusing on today, which is Chi. Chi is a language of the Akan family. And that is spoken in Ghana. And my expert guest who knows all about Tree and who has been teaching it for many years is Efia Abrefi. She is passionate about helping the African diaspora learn African languages and comes from, da- from Ghana herself. She, um, comes from Ghana herself. Efia founded and runs Speak Tree 
which is an Instagram page where she provides free content to tree learners. And she also helps people through Clubhouse in a tree small talk room and the Explore African Languages Club. So you have to check her out over on Clubhouse and you're going to hear her story today, why she is so passionate about languages and what it is that she does to help people learn tree every single day. Effia is amazing and she told me, taught me how to greet people in tree. So let's have a listen to the interview. Ma chi efye. Yenya casting. Hey! Hey! Got it, you got it! <laughs> good start, good start. Hello, hello, hello. Efye Abrevi, thank you so much for coming and joining me here on The Fluent Show and to talk about not just a language that we haven't had on the show, but also a teaching technique, style, strategy, whatever we want to call it, that we haven't had on the show. So you're a teacher of the Ghanaian language Chi, or Chi being a variant of Akan. I learned a lot about Akan and Ashanti and Chi this morning. Uh, (laughs) And you're actually living in London, is that right? That is right. Yes, I'm. I'm currently living in London. And thanks for having me. It's great to to be to be on this famous show. <laughs> <laughs> she says it's famous because I've I've just talked about it a lot to her. <laughs> no, <laughs> well, there is that, but it's also I love it. I've listened to it, so I love it. I love it. Awesome. So tell me first of all, tell me your background. As somebody who currently lives in London, but obviously your family, your roots are somewhere completely different. What's your story and where are you from originally? So I'm originally from Ghana, uh, born and and bred and uh, moved here with the family. So again, you know, as a teenager as well, so I can say that I am also, you know, somewhat of kind of grown up here and so I get it. And so you could say British, but... um, so yeah, so I'm obviously being that I grew up in Ghana, it's very much my formative year. So I really have that. I wouldn't say it's fifty fifty. I would say more Ghanaian than anything. And um, yeah, so I've always um, spoken the language. Even even growing up here in the UK, I've always used it. Um, interestingly, at home, it's kind of two way thing where it's like fifty percent of the time you speak in English. Probably less on a, on less occasion you're using tree, but. It was it was never really a language that I I would forget. You know, you you say, oh, I haven't used this language for a very long time, so I would forget. I don't imagine that that would ever happen with tree. Uh, but saying that, I still had to learn it because just because you know a language doesn't mean you actually understand how it works and how things are structured and things like that. Um, but yeah, that is that's really um, the background story. But how I got into language really was just through learning. Um, a new language um, aside from what I already knew so English and and tree being uh, the language that I that I I grew up speaking and so that's sort of what means oh I think I'm I'm not that bad with languages and I actually was kind of going to go off and and learn all sorts of languages right but then I thought well do I really know my language that well my my own language that well and how many people out there actually learning this language and and so that is what kind of sent me on that quest to uh, learn it and then uh, and then yeah went ahead to teach it wow oh there's a lot to detangle in there so and i'm curious about five things so i want to know more about 
your upbringing when you were still in Ghana? Because you said that you spoke several languages coming up. Is this common for families in Ghana that several languages are spoken in the family? And what language was your schooling? Mm. So, so my family wouldn't have been several. It'd just be uh, the two languages, Chi and then English. Uh, so English being that it is the official language spoken in the country. So if you go to school, like the very first, even in your kind of going to being in a nursery, you would still, you know, be spoken to uh, with English. And so that that is with my family, but you certainly would find in other families where uh, there are different backgrounds. So a parent, one parent can be, you know, Ashanti and uh, uh, speak in Chi, and then uh, the other parent could be Ga, for instance, right? So uh, then there will be two languages that perhaps could be spoken in that home. And then on top of the official language, English, then you have three languages there. And some people also depending on where they live, right? So uh gasp uh, spoken commonly in, in Accra and maybe other <laughs> neighboring um cities um around that if you grow up there you could be you know not from there but just by you know being around there you could pick up the language and then you you kind of go uh you go on sort of knowing a number of languages that way and so not necessarily from your background um there is another dialect that I know of I, I say I know I understand it because it's um, intelligible. So it's, it's with the chi, asanti chi, and then this fanti. And so the way I explain it is maybe think of accents. So maybe think of someone from down south like London and then someone that like maybe from Manchester or Liverpool speaking English maybe, right? And then you just have mm -hmm. these different accents. So we I can understand what they're saying. I know that not less is like really fast at a pace where, and that person is, I don't know, maybe a different also generation and they're really well versed in the language and they're using, I don't know, idioms and some really proverbs or something. That can, that would certainly throw you off. But um, at, a, at a slower pace and context and yeah you would totally understand what they're what they're talking about so for me I would say the two languages and then when I went to school so I went to boarding school um in in Cape Coast region uh so that's where the Fanti is spoken and so that's where I heard it the most um and probably that was also my the time I actually heard Ga um, more of Ga not it being on TV and things like that but actually hearing people speaking because you're in a boarding house with people all over the country right speaking different languages and having mm -hmm. the having English being the the common language if you will so mm -hmm. well actually Chi also is a common language in that regardless of the tribe or which part of the per, uh, Ghana you're from I will bet my money on that they can speak and understand Chi. I see. Okay, so Chi is kind of your, you don't really have an indigenous national language, which is probably because Ghana is a, came out of being a British colony, right? So the borders were not set according to, we, I think we, we mentioned this in our pre-chat, it's not how the local people might have done it. The borders very much just set by people who kind of came in and didn't really know the different differences and the different tribes, areas, etc. So what you end up with is a country where English is kind of the language that came in from outside. Mm. And Chi is the closest you have to a language that is spoken by everybody. Yeah, I mean, I, I'd say this because maybe perhaps I'm <laughs> biased because that is a language that I speak. <laughs> um, I, I will say certainly like, you know, there's pride in every region and, mm -hmm. and the language that they speak. So whether they're from the North speaking Hausa, uh, you know, you have uh, Fanti, Kriya, 
like every all the all the um dialects but it's not what i from my personal experience what i experience is mostly common that you would you would meet a guy that understands and speaks Chi than you would more of them than you would meet um a shanty person living in the south knowing all these other languages not unless maybe they've traveled around so it tends to be like if there was um if there was sort of a vote to say what what would be and I know this is where maybe tribal things will come into it because everybody has pride for their language right their local language uh, and the different dialects and the tribes mm-hmm. but um just just based on what is currently happening being that chi is really if 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 I was in Ghanaian and I wanted to say hey I want to go to Ghana and I want to be able to socialize with the local people and just know what they're talking about and just kind of have conversation what is a language I should learn being that is a country that there's so many languages spoken on there if I take English out of it I would say I will say to that person learn tree excellent now if you you didn't stay in Ghana right you you emigrated first and it wasn't to London you moved to the Netherlands what was that like and how come um, so no, actually, I I did move to 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 London first. Oh. So I know. <laughs> so um, Holland came about uh, through my education. So I did um, a, a university degree, a four year degree, where my third year was like a year in industry, and I just happened to get a job in in the Netherlands. So that's what took me there, really. Um, so I worked for so I did uh, biochemistry at uni and I really wanted to do the year in industry just to sort of have an understanding I was sort of debating between doing a PhD or going into industry and so I just wanted to have an idea what it would be like or if I just wanted to kind of stay in academia Um, but I applied for jobs really I actually wanted to be in the UK um, you know working uh, but it just happened that I I also was applying outside, right? But it, it just happened I had a, a role come up in the in the Netherlands. And actually, I was invited there to go on an interview just to... I'd done an interview here, but just to go and see, do I like it and have a feel for the company and the people? And I, going, I was like, yeah, I'm just getting a free holiday. I'm, I'm not... <laughs> this is sounds so bad. It makes me sound so bad. But what's happening is I had an option already, like a number of um, companies that I was, you know thinking could potentially be but I still was open to it but I just I think before going I was bent on I think I would stay in the UK um and so went there and 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 had a look at the company and everything and it, it was good but yeah I I ended up going there and I will say it was before going there people say oh you need the best time of your life and I don't know if you heard that in your um, <laughs> education career but um <laughs> I would I said that my year there was the best year of my life those times is what what I said then mm-hmm. and then I right now me now say it's one of the best years of my one of the best year year that I ever had so um it was the people it was a combination of the people that I met there um it was all different so you're in a, a student community with people from all over you know sort of doing their PhDs there or working or or doing you know I don't know but just doing different things there um I lived I, I was in a I lived in a town called Neuichain but then I and that's where my work was so it made sense that I was there but I would hang out a lot in Utrecht um and so I met so many uh people from different so French and um 
Italy, just from across Europe, from all over these Erasmus students, everyone was there. Um, and I think it was, that was the time I wanted to learn so many languages because I was like, oh, well, this is a friend, a friend that I have that actually speaks French, so I can practice. But then I was like, no, but I'm actually trying to learn Dutch at the same time. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so it's oh. like you can't really do it, do more than one at the time. But what was really um, interesting is I, I lived with a um, a Dutchman. I rented a room and I think that's really what made the difference. Had I lived in the sort of where all the students were living, I probably would have sort of maybe done the usual, just maybe English more and, and things like that. But I really was able to connect with the people. I went to like art class. I took art classes with just like... Um, very, much very much older than me women and all Dutch people by the way and just sort of learning the way they do things um I learned to cycle um I couldn't cycle before that would you believe that wow so, yeah I've never learned I, if you yeah, learn anything in the Netherlands it would be that wouldn't it yes <laughs> it would be that there's a, there's a friend that um we work together in the same company and she got a tattoo of a bike on her as something to signify sort of yeah, I guess, yeah, you take, well, it could be tulips, it could be that, or it could be, um, I don't know, yeah, just a number of things. But, um, yeah, the language, what I found was every time I would make an effort to to speak the language and I was sort of doing a little bit while people say, oh, so how long have you been here? And I would say maybe, oh, five months, and they'll be so impressed that I, within that time, I I was speaking that much, and that would also then in turn motivate me. So that that was sort of the the what I was getting the feedback. I was like, oh, okay, so this isn't norm, normal because I guess I I wouldn't consider English as a language I'd learn. I'd grown up mm-hmm. <laughs> with the language, right? So it wasn't like a it didn't feel like a second language to me. It was my language in a way. Yeah, in a way Be it that it was a Ghanaian Ghanaian English it was still sort of my language so Dutch was your first I guess we can call it foreign language in that sense I would say in that sense yes wow. definitely. oh oh my gosh and then you learned it so quickly came to it with such confidence and such joy that is you know it's admirable and it's we often say oh English native speakers they've got the fear of languages but you are for all you know you're not a non-English native speaker. You are an English native speaker and you can come to it and bring all that joy to it. So, uh, you know, it's another it's another note for particularly people from countries where, where they feel like English is so, so, so dominant that, that it really doesn't have to be that way. Now, do you have, you already mentioned art classes and living with a local, certainly. Do you have any other tips for people who like you want to learn a language fairly quickly in the country? Um, I would say definitely um, you need to immerse yourself. Like living with a local, like sharing living space with a local is, is one of, probably one of the best things you can do. And and for me, what I'd said to, to, to my landlord, because we got on so well, I would say, can you please speak Dutch to me? So And so we had this sort of exchange where, I mean, he could, I mean, you probably know this almost, all, all Dutch uh, people, a lot of Dutch can, they can speak English. Like they're really good in the language. Mm-hmm. It's almost like as part is also in some ways they grow up speaking, speaking the language. Yes, uh, media English, is I mean. in English, right? I mean, it's television, exactly. subtitles, not dubbed and that kind of thing. 
Yeah, so the Dutch are really, they, they are good in that. But um, there were areas where I was able to help him with, he would sort of have questions for me. So we saw that as that sort of language exchange, if you will. Mm. Um, and so I was not, and so I didn't actually formally learn the language in a class until my, until like I was there for four, four months, maybe for three, because when I'd gone there, the, they'd already started the, it was done semester, like just how the, school system kind of ran so they'd already begun to they started the the class I would if I'd started I would have missed out on maybe the first few things that they'd gone through so I just had to wait to sign up later on and so I just learned that way just by speaking to um my landlord Frank it was such an amazing incredible man we actually we still are in touch which is the most incredible thing it's like after a decade and um yeah, and so and it was that and obviously watching TV. Uh, so I have a very funny story with that because I, in some ways I was speaking the language but actually never seen it written. I once tried to stop a bus that said no service, but I had no idea that it was no service. <laughs> but I knew the word no, right? But I just didn't know how it was spelled. So because I hadn't actually formally... Um, so yeah another thing then I would say to you and this is a personal thing and or maybe I'll share with your audience that I think sometimes learning getting to the book the first thing can be it depends on maybe how you you learn it could be it could deter you and it could be maybe too much mm. just listening is listening and just speaking it however bad you're doing it it could be a great way into it yes um, you know what, because I found that yeah definitely when I start new languages now I give myself such a long, I call it like maybe my double phase or my sort of, you know, I'm just trying it on. I'm just trying it out. And I'm learning a lot in that phase, but I, I feel I treat it almost like, well, this just doesn't count. This isn't really, there's no pressure on this. This is just me trying it out and playing. And I find if I give myself three, maybe even six months, you know, of playing around on some apps, like, it makes such a huge difference because when I start, I don't start from zero with the book. So I think you've got a really, really good, interesting point there. Yeah. I, I found that with um, with Italian. So I'd, I'd become a, I, I went on a trip to become a, a what was I doing? Like a, with, I went with a school on a ski trip, uh, just kind of helping these young <laughs> schools uh, on a, so a, a rep, I was a ski rep, that's what I was in in, in it, on, on in some mountain on it, Italian, I don't know, maybe north of Italy, it was a preco, and just picked up so quickly with just like trying to speak into the locals, I was like, oh, okay, here's, a, here's the next language we're going to tackle, <laughs> but the mistake I did was then I got to the book right away, and then I was like, I don't like this interesting because because it was it was making me suddenly unlearn what I'd picked up not unlearn it but it was it was in a way diminishing what I knew <laughs> I, I don't want your book to tell me you don't you know nothing like I'm already super excited the fact that I'm taking this so I, I always for me now what I what I took from that is you want to maxed out what you can grab just hearing by hearing and by just just maxed up that phase the input and the output and then and then move to the next stage where you're really serious. Okay, now I actually have resource and I'm actually learning it from books because I've kind of finished that chapter. This I I've I've I'm now so intrigued to know more, or I'm now super excited to add on to what I already know. And at that point, if you unlearn, that's absolutely fine because you 
were ready to sort of move to the next stage. Whereas I found that I thought, okay, this, I think I can get Italian. I think I can. And then now it's, I'm just letting us, I know I did. So to this day, I don't really know. I just know the few that I just learned on that trip. And that's it. I haven't uh, kind of gone. So it can be, um, it can be a deterrent, but I think it's also depending on um, the style of learning. Yeah. But what I find, what I find with languages, you just have to try different things. Like I do that this day because I teach it. If I hear people say, "Oh, you know, this is my formula," you know, language uh, teachers come up with their own formulas. What they what they think mm-hmm. it's is the right way to do it. And I, I'm always sort of taking it on and, and, you know, making down notes what someone's saying. This is my best way in how you can really become fluent in this language. And I'll take those on. Um, but I have this understanding that it wouldn't work for every, it would work great for some people, but it won't work for others. And so I go through all of those types. So I've heard different things about how you should go about. And I've kind of trialed a number of them as well. But the, what I've just shared is just how I, how I go around to. Mm-hmm. Um, acquiring a second language. Yeah, it's a it's a really important thing to bear in mind that everybody comes to it differently. And I think you you come to a language in different situations in your life. So if you want the kind of reassurance of being in a group class, I'm thinking about like Welsh, for example, is I studied it for five years just during an audio course and I did do a little bit of written and I had a little bit of a book, but I never had the kind of textbook type thing and never had the group class type thing because they're always in Wales and I don't live there and now with COVID the class has moved online I started attending the online class and in that class in the context of the class the book is totally working for me it's fine and I'm I'm coming to it to it with that confidence I think new learners sometimes they want the guidance and the structure of a group class and then they the, the book actually helps them but if you are in, especially in the country, or you're just curious, and you're just in that playful state and you, you don't want the pressure of, of feeling like you have to perform, then I think you've got another way of doing it with, that you are offering people that people, I think, don't always see, which is to just, you know, listen to what you can listen to, try out, play around with it, and then come to the book when you want to be ready. This, this is interesting because it... I am thinking about my experience when I randomly wandered into your clubhouse room uh, where where you were teaching tree and there was there was all these people speaking it and I found it so so helpful when I realized oh they're reading this from a website oh I found this website oh I can I can look at what they're actually saying and then I went oh my god what are all these letters I've no idea what's <laughs> happening but I found it a little bit more helpful because you needed you know I needed that little bit of where does this even start that and visual, end? Yeah, that, yes. yeah, that visualization. Yeah, yeah, but do you know what? I have gone into a Korean room um, <laughs> in, on Clubhouse where I was like, "Oh, everyone is advanced. They're speaking," and then I found out they were re- referencing. <laughs> so it does happen. It does happen where people can be quite overwhelmed. Oh, I they're way too advanced. I don't know what they're talking about, right? <laughs> and so it's good for people to definitely see. Um, yeah, what's going on? Well, let's take a minute and talk about Clubhouse then. So. Clubhouse is for for listeners who haven't tried it or haven't um, haven't experienced it or um, haven't had access to it yet. It's this fairly new social media app that is audio based. So by and large, you will 
how you will participate in live interactions, live conversations and this sort of structures where there's a stage and there's a moderator and as you, you join, it's called a room and the room will have usually a different kind of theme and then the room is just one way that they organize people getting together. So maybe like a thread in, in a, a social media kind of environment where you could see something. And so, so Clubhouse has a very strong, active, interesting language community. There's several, there are called clubs and clubs are where the different rooms are hosted. So you could follow, I hope I'm explaining this in any way that makes sense. You could follow a club, say the club that Effie runs, and then you could then see, oh, she's hosting a room about she, or she's hosting a room about Gar or you know whatever it's going to be and then you can join that and you have to like tap on this room thing and then you will hear people talking yes <laughs> that is amazing I could not have done I, I don't think I could have explained it how you have but it's exactly that how you've explained it it's kind of like wandering into people's conversations and then if you want to hang around there's a sort of relatively structured way that they can bring you on what's called the stage and then you can also participate in the conversations if the moderator chooses to invite you onto the stage. Yes, and you, you can also, um, well, you, yeah, you, you put your hand up to, put your hand up to, uh, you know, you want permission to speak and it's up to them whether they allow you to speak or not. But I find that for the, um, yeah, for a lot of the, a, a lot of the rooms, you're almost, not unless it's, it's very structured and in time, for some reason there's time limit or whatever, then you probably don't get to go up. But mm -hmm. Um, more often than not you'd most certainly um depending on the rooms of course but i talking about language room the whole idea is that we want to include people and just want to get people um uh, taking part in it participating so yeah it's always I, what i find my experience because i because i do join other uh, language rooms and they're very welcoming can you tell me a little bit about how you came to teaching tree in general was this before clubhouse existed um so in general yes well i yeah I, I didn't start on clubhouse so in general i started uh, teaching with a school a very wonderful school um that is actually now i think they're in so many um you know they have students all over but they're the founders are actually based in in, in the uk and they um uh Ghanaian background uh, grew up um in, in the UK not not knowing the language and so uh they you know they went on a quest to learn for themselves and then decided to set, set up a school not only to teach a particular dialect but actually all the different ones in Ghana so they have it's called the Ghana language school so they have uh Fanti um Fanti Chi um I want to say Garmaswar. They have a number of them, but that was great because I had, on, until that point, I hadn't actually taught before. So my, I don't have a teacher background. I've mentored like uh, uh, before, uh, but I haven't really ha been in a position where I'm actually, um, you know, in a structured way imparting, I don't know, whatever I knew to people in that sense. So um, I did, and that was in a classroom environment. So that was amazing with a group where you actually got to see the people that you were teaching in, in person and you sort of got the, 
yeah the back and forth and i did that for a number of years and it was that it didn't feel like i didn't feel like i was doing anything because it was like once a week on a on a thursday evening after work i would just kind of round down to central london somewhere and just kind of give this you know class and i loved it because it was a way where i got to know you know got to know people but I, that was also opportunity for me to learn so I would actually would learn to then teach like I'll have a lesson plan and and sort of I, I have to say maybe relearn but in in some cases it was actually learning because just because I say something this I don't know why I'm saying that it's, it's my native language but I actually know why I structured that way so a little time it was actually learning to then teach it and so I did that for I, I want to say maybe three years or I did that for for a very long time three four years and um just on on it but when it really kicked off was the whole lockdown like well before that actually I I'd kind of was um, my my the structure of my work had changed a little bit where I was actually doing various types of jobs um you know uh freelancing if you will so that became a, a, like an arm something that I could really grow it because it was a skill that I already had and I think that also kind of happening within that lockdown where people were actually just wanting to pick up new skills and things like that um is what um I guess just I took it up a notch, if you will. I just sort of stepped it up a little bit, and um, it was it was basically just a, just a kind of I I I I was very passionate about. I am still very passionate about language, which is why I teach it, and I want more people. But I was thinking, if I don't have the time, how can I still uh, pursue this goal where I want more? Um, Ghanaians to speak the language or just people that just have interest in the language to speak tree and I thought oh I could create a, a book like I could create materials for people to actually so it's just like I, I spend a lot of time creating that and then that would be it I, that's sort of my contribution and how I could do that um but then I found myself uh, just not getting around to actually putting down materials and it was being difficult. So a way that I thought around it, perhaps if I was actually um, in real time while I'm teaching, I'm also putting together the materials that could inform it in a roundabout way. So that's sort of when I really started the one-to-one, just providing lessons to people one-to-one. And that was sort of informing me, really having an understanding like what are um, areas that I could... Um, provide more clarity or just even putting together a resource uh, because that's one of the challenges with the language um and then I so I did that for a number of months and then I heard of I'd heard of Clubhouse but I hadn't really paid attention to mm-hmm. it because I was like not another social media that I want to <laughs> you know there was like TikTok and people like, yeah you know and, and I, I I checked them out I noticed that people were teaching language on there um, I think at the time I wasn't really sort of putting language out there, even though I was doing it in the background. So I, I didn't feel like anything that I was doing would work in that format. Um, but then Clubhouse, I'd, I'd literally, a friend had actually told me that people were actually teaching language on this. So I thought, okay, this could be um, another avenue just to find, meet people that, that want to speak the language or want to learn the language or just speak it just to talk. Uh, with people um, and so I actually went on on the app specifically f- for the language uh-huh. really why, why I went on there um, and just the most beautiful thing happened I went on there just to scope it out and it was honestly it, it, my first experience of it was so great that there was so many information you could get from business to 
lifestyle into health and it was just so incredible like I, I remember making this statement that of all the social media platforms I've been on or that I've contributed to or they've used me as the product this is the one that I felt I had benefited from mm. by far mm. at least in the first week but I but I quickly had to learn I really needed to could tell like you could literally be on it because of FOMO because you'll be in a conversation that is so amazing like, well if I'm offline I'm not hearing this but you have to live life right so, <laughs> so I had to I had to really train myself like no we're not going to we have to live that we're not going to stay here uh, for a very long time but the very first day I open a room this is just as a trial to see I just wonder who will show up and I just met my core moderator on there oh, wonderful. Um, just, I know it was amazing just came in the room and um, and I this I just had thought this is just someone coming in to learn, you know, the language. So it was beautiful, but he was um, obviously it, it, it was quick. I, I quickly noticed that he knew more than um, most learners, and so it was just it really happened just organically where we would just um, go in the room, and he would definitely contribute and and help people out. And I I think there wasn't really. Um, yeah, it was it was very natural, and it was just the mo- I I I could I don't think I would still be running it. I don't know. Perhaps I would be, but it's just the what we're able to create together is just so beautiful because just having the different skills and also the passion that we have for languages, um, and particularly with African language, and really wanting to help people have access to local African languages, um, and so that's sort of why we've kept going, and and actually one of um what he was actually working in a background was this idea that he really wanted to have a big bank of like language material where people could just go and you know just have resources yes. so they could really tap in and that's how we put together the uh, club it's called the African Languages Club and the idea is that we just want any and everybody whether you speak Wolof Swahili any African language at all just come open a room in that um in that club and just find a community of people speaking it because I feel like um a lot of time it's just kind of oh yeah this is this is the language that my family speak and I don't really use it outside of the home or I I I know it but I can't speak it and so there isn't that um awareness or like a lot of you don't find that most people are speaking outside of their homes at least from my experience and so this was a way where you can actually say well because they already can somewhat speak it or they're trying to learn it and I'm trying to learn or I speak it a little bit we can just start talking and and get to learn and teach one another so that's what's happening there and and one of the obviously the rooms or at the moment um that we're opening consistently on there is the tree room the tree small talk room which you came in there um, and saw what we were doing there. So. Yes. And for me, it was wonderful. It's, this is something I think about podcasts a lot that Clubhouse has kind of also opened up is I really like overhearing conversations and I really like having th- this feeling that I have access to conversations that people wouldn't have in that way if I'm actually there and they can see me because then people go well this is Kirsten and she's sat here and she doesn't know anything about she and she's not from Ghana and you know like she's not in the African diaspora she's she you know then you would you would talk either about something different or you would you know you would have to explain to me so so much and I love that I just get to I'm not disturbing you like it, it's just like my little face user picture thingy down there you can ignore that quite easily and then 
you can still have the conversation that you're having. And I get the benefit of hearing an actual tree lesson and just sitting in. Now, for my listeners who have not experienced this before, and a lot of them won't have experienced your room, can you tell them exactly how it works when when you join the room and what, what happens in this mysterious room? <laughs> mysterious room. Right. So the way we've structured the room is that... Um, you you know we we get we get on there and we just kind of the first quarter like what we do is introductions right so we get people to come in we welcome people um and we give it a moment because i we find that people want to sort of have a feel for it and see if they actually can comfortably come up mm-hmm. uh, you mentioned earlier sort of how we structured coming up means you're going up on stage uh, and and that way you can actually uh, speak to people and they they can hear you speak as well um so we we leave that for the introduction and we've made it so that you could do the introduction in English. So you just come up and you could be, again, your, your background doesn't have to be, you know, African uh, diaspora, but just having an interest in the language. So we just, so we've had people from all over, just like different backgrounds, I should say, just join, join and also different locations as well. Um, and you know, you just, whatever you feel comfortable sharing um, on our website, you can, on the website that we actually put resource for people to, um, you know, join in and, 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 and partake we we've sort of put like prompts so if you feel oh, i don't know i don't know what to what to tell about <laughs> the thing with clubhouse i find very interesting is like you don't know these people right you just met them and it's like well how much do i feel comfortable sharing but you know there are obviously those that also can be quite open straight away but i i on on a rare occasion people are like what else would you like me to share i don't know what would you like if you have any question do let me know and so just put in those prompts there which is like no just you know we're happy to say hey my name is this I'm this is where I live currently and this is the job I do that's in, good enough for people to kind of get to know a little bit about you and over time and this has happened that the more we keep coming week by week where we're meeting similar like same sort of people so you're getting to le- learn a little bit about them each time and so that's the first quarter where we just do um, introductions and then the second quarter is uh, where we pick a topic so either I will um lead that topic um, and this is something that I will come up with uh, or my co-moderator Kofi will come up with and we will just um, teach that so mostly I would I would sort of do the first half and uh, really uh, introducing vocabulary and just saying the meaning and also the people can they can see you know what I'm talking about and how it's pronounced help people with pronunciation and then the next the third quarter as you say is where we want to have practice mm-hmm. like um, you know, audience participation or people that, you know, so whether you're just, obviously, you're, if you're listening in and not on stage, we wouldn't know. But if you are on stage, you really get to take part. And so it could be, we, we structure the conversation part as a thing where you use what is just being taught to you and you use that for questioning, asking people in the audience, like, you know, how was your day today? Or what do you do for work or just whatever the topic is. So, so everybody gets to kind of take part and, and in doing so they will come up with questions. So what, what if I wanted to say this mm-hmm. other thing, how do I say it? Or um, did I pronounce it correctly? You know, so you kind of help with pronunciations and things like that. Uh, but we also, and, and that could go wherever, you know, you don't know where this could go. We go off on a tangent sometimes. Um, we have, uh, there are there's certain topics. So we have, to, it's always like today's topic. If you go on the site, that's how you see it. But there's certain ones that really is so funny is the ones where it's not so much 
teaching, but it's more structured as let's just talk about it. Let's just um dissect a song, right? And and you know, it, it, and that really helps when people are actually familiar with the songs, and you get a, f- a few people that are quite um I wouldn't say advanced, but they know a bit more in a language. They, that's really helpful that they get to you know there's more teachers right than just like a couple of people knowing more than you know you have a number of people actually and I learned so much that way as well you get people come on and explain and things that I've actually haven't heard before or didn't know until then um and so yeah that's really fun when we're sort of dissecting languages so what do you think you know this mean or just also when we talk about experiences right what are the words that you've heard um in, in sort of tree and and their meanings and things like that so those are really fun and um just to wrap it up we just have like you know how you say farewell in the language how do you say goodbye or what kind of way how do you want to you know say just say your goodbye because it's very interesting there's a number of ways that you can say goodbye whether you're saying um sleep mm-hmm. well or you're saying safe journey there's because we don't really have just goodbye just saying bye we either saying walk well safe journey sleep well there's there's an there's something you you have to describe to say it's happening as opposed to buy we do use buy which is um a borrowed term uh from the english language but um so it's always interesting um, i've provided vocabularies for on the site for how learners can use it and i always find it interesting how they pick and sort of make their own sort of a part in words so it starts off with oh thank you for the class uh you know goodbye see you and then over time people are really saying you know much more than just a simple a simple bye so so yeah that is the structure of it and everybody's welcome so there there isn't um it's not it's not a if maybe I should say it's a beginner because it's it's all across the board. If you're a beginner, if you're if you're intermediate, if you're advanced, it literally is for you. So it's not structured mm-hmm. in a way that this is a beginner, this is intermediate, and this is advanced. Because you in the room, um, quite often we'll have people that are quite advanced in there, right? And then we'll be kind of helping out. But you can take part whichever level that you're on. And what sort of people come to the classes or what sort of people do you run into in the room where do they live are they all african diaspora what drives them to learn chi um so they're from you get people from well you get people for actually this is interesting there are people from ghana that join sometimes <laughs> i know which is really fun um we've had yeah we've had a few times where people from ghana have joined um america canada um Germany as well. We had a, a number of uh, Germans that joined, um, and and in terms of backgrounds, it could be people that actually um, have the heritage, Ghanaian heritage. Um, some people, their stories. Oh, I have a Ghanaian colleague, you know, <laughs> that I work with at work, or uh, I have Ghanaian friends, and so I want to be able to pick a few things, or they say so many things, and now I want to try and break down what they've been saying. Um, so yeah, it's a, it's a different stories. And then also you get people that actually, um, you know, they've grown up, you know, hearing the language, you know, hearing parents speak it or family speak it and can somewhat understand it, but then, you know, want to learn more and want to get better. So, you know, you get, um, 
people um, with Ghanaian background maybe speaking a different dialect, but then actually want to speak Chi. So you have someone that uh, grew up speaking Fanti, but they want mm, to speak mm-hmm. Chi or learn how to speak Chi, or or they maybe speak Ekuyapim Chi. So we get that happening a lot as well. So Ekuyapim Chi, Asante Chi, and so we say things a little different. That throws me off sometimes as well. It, it gets me a second to realize, mm, I think we would say it differently in, in Asante Chi. <laughs> Something yeah. I've something I read uh, when I was when I was doing a little bit of research into Chi was that Aquapem Chi is the first dialect that was used for Bible translation and that's why it's got a prestige in Ghana. Um, I know, yeah, I I I I I came across that as well when I began all this is language true? Uh, journey. I so in terms of prestige, I can't really comment on that. <laughs> But I, but I think it is um, when they talk about it being the first that was, um, uh, yeah, the first, I guess, uh, dialects of tree, like with 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 the Bible. Um, but I'm not sure if, yeah, I I really cannot comment on that. But perhaps there is a a, a group that will say, oh, maybe a Kriyapim tree is a real tree or something. I don't know. Maybe there is, but I'm not. I'm not and I'm not sure about that. I don't really know if there is um a prestige with that in today's in today's yeah, Ghana as yeah. well, or just in, in the language now. I don't no, think fair there enough. Is, um, and the yeah, yeah, yeah. Bible itself plays a big role in Ghana then? Um yeah, because I mean there are there are many uh, Ghanaians that are uh, Christians. Like, it's very it's a very religious uh, Interesting. Country. Um, yeah, so you find many, many religious, many Christians, um, but there are other, um, other religions. So, um, Islam, um, I've come across like, uh, Buddhist, Buddhism, um, I'm not, I'm, I'm sure that, and then obviously traditionalists mm. and, and things like that. But I, I would say by far, uh, Christianity is probably the biggest, um, import. Absolutely. And like yeah. please like don't don't feel in any way pressure to represent all of Ghana when I ask you these questions cuz I feel like this this can be it can be kind of awkward like sometimes people will ask me something about Germany and I'm like yes that might be the case I haven't been in Germany you know like, yeah but I, I don't, don't know, know. <laughs> I lived there for 20 years so Meh. Do you, know, do you know what it is? I am making that conscious because I think for a very long time, I've sort of lived just through my mm. lens. And actually, someone has actually pulled me up on this on, in Clubhouse and I had to like quickly redeem myself <laughs> because in some ways he was on, he was right. But in some ways, I, 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 I felt like I had improved a little bit in that because I speak Asante tree mm. and that is sort of what I know. I'm always like so. I'll give you a, a prime, a, like a, a very good example here. Like if I if I met a Ghanaian, or sometimes people come in the room and I and I'm you know we're doing introduction because some people, uh, as I mentioned earlier, they're not Ghanaian at all, right? But some people are. So I say, oh, are you Ghanaian? Yes. Okay. Are you are you uh, Ashanti? No. <laughs> are you Ghan? No. Are you Fanti? No. And it stops there. I say that's the only. <laughs> That's the only sort of place people can be from when they're there. And I know this is done just by... So I have to be conscious. And, and this person was from the northern region. Mm-hmm. So um, 
which so so those so if you're from the upper west upper east so you're speaking hausa which of course is also spoken in other african language Af- african countries um so i so that was a very good point that he made and I, i had to check myself and i said yeah actually i think i do do that where i just feel like so now i've been i'm, I'm quite i'm very cognizant that when i am making comments I always have to not make it in the kind of just my lens and how I see it in terms mm-hmm. of and and or at least preface it with well from my personal experience this is how it is um because and 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 the simple truth is I don't also know right so I I lived pretty much in where I lived in Ghana like the south in, in Kumasi that's you know that's where I lived and that's kind of the most things that I knew and I I obviously you know you you educate yourself and you learn things here and there but if you if you haven't if it's not been an extensive education or actually a real experience then there is a lack there right so you have to actually listen to people that um that know or or, or feel differently about it to then have that broader um thing but yeah so you you happen to have caught me on a kind of it's almost like a change I'm doing or a learning on on learning <laughs> um in this in in this kind of commentary but yeah mostly I'm like oh no I don't think Ghanaians like you know when I would make comments like that I was only of course I was only kind of talking from sort of my uh people from my tribe and and what I see and people that mm, I'd interact mm, interacted mm. with and would mostly be people that uh, from the, the region that I I come from um but it's like that is not the yeah there are more to it than just that so and and apparently where i don't and i disagree with this but people will say oh ashanti people you, they think they're the only Ghanaians or something, or something like that <laughs> i know right that's quite big and i don't um, um i i personally don't agree with that but i can see why comments like that would be made but yeah thank you for uh, explaining that i think that's both wise and humble and i admire it a lot i think i love the attitude you're bringing to it now we are sort of coming to the end of my podcast running time and obviously like listeners just to let you know effie and i met up for a little pre-chat it was meant to be about 15 minutes long and i think it took about three hours because we just got chatting and she she has so much (laughs) to share and and what a what a wonderful guest you are so i'm gonna try and be disciplined i want you to teach me a little bit of chi before that i'll ask you one question um that i'm curious about which is what's your experience of the language diversity in london where you live right now you mentioned before that there is the ghana language school in london and I've heard many languages spoken sort of on the tube in specific areas. So what's your experience been as a diaspora member? Mm. Um, oh, that's a very good question. I have to think there. Um, it's very diverse, like super, super diverse. I, In terms of like African um, languages, I think... See what is what is interesting is like there's so much pride with with like the different um African countries like people representing where they're from and their country and I think I and so I it's, it's funny I still see diversity even though it wouldn't be in language they're still very much representing their country so you know if I it's it's it's, it's basically how maybe being a non-Nigerian can know so much about Nigeria just because the Nigerians I'm around will talk so much of 
their country and what they do and how things are different and equally someone from Ghana right and so there's that exchange but not so much in language from my experience and so I wouldn't say that I've heard um, maybe in my in my friends or maybe network or people I've come across speaking let's say I'm not if if someone were to speak Yoruba for instance I'm not even sure if I could spot that that is you know that is a language that someone mm-hmm. is speaking but but I know of it you know I know of it and I know so there there is that diversity I'm not sure if it's um and I'm making a bit a generalization here for instance like you know you can you could go to an event and it could be like um, I don't know, like a, a a Ghanaian holiday, an independence or something. And so you're completely surrounded by Ghanaians at this point and, and, and their friends or whatever. But am I hearing a particular uh, local language spoken? I don't think so. <laughs> Which is why I feel like this need, there needs to be a real, um, a, you know, encouraging and, and pushing people to, to really, um, so the language doesn't die mm-hmm. down like mm-hmm. keep it alive and just speak it um you know i i know um it, like people that can when you speak it to them they hear it they can understand it but they would i guess they're most comfortable responding in english to mm-hmm. you right um and so yeah hopefully that kind of paints it show you a little bit so it's really um, i think more there need to be more like i i i find that like say if I say if I use Dutch for example right if I can if I maybe was on a tube and I heard people speaking it like I'll just turn and like you know where it's coming from is I mean I will don't get me wrong I do hear a tree every now and then right and people and I love that like if I hear oh that's my people (laughs) I love that I'll just turn and see where it's coming from um but it's not i i don't think it's very common it probably is common in like in in family gatherings and things like that but um i hang out with a number of Ghanaians and um maybe i don't know if it's fortunate or unfortunate i probably want to say unfortunate we probably speak english you know yeah i've had um i've had a few people on the show in the past who research heritage languages and sort of the 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 way heritage languages work and they were talking about supplementary school sort of the kind of Sunday school or the kind of thing where a local community so for example one of them I think studied Ukrainian and the other Greek so you know there's a Greek Cypriot community in the UK as well and um, they were looking at the different ways that communities pass that long language on to each other and god I wish that you know in in British schools we had some space for for some of the languages of the local community, how cool that would be, you know, so that kids might feel more confident to to carry on their language outside of the home as well. Yeah, actually, I have seen um, a number of um, groups popping up actually offering so that, cool. um, it, even to adults. So that's that's pretty awesome that they're doing that. So I know there is um, there's somewhere in South Bank. I can't remember. It must be like the tree. It's some a club somewhere someone introduced me i got in i got to know about it just because sort of being the language and offering someone said, oh, they do the tree club or it must be a tree club or restaurant i'm not sure um that happens at the south bank and yeah that so actually people there is a club uh, again i can't think of it off the top of my head but um i, I, I came across them on, on twitter a while back 
where they actually do socials where they and and i and i haven't been to one of these socials but i would imagine this is like where they would all meet and then they actually make an effort to actually just only speak in in in, in a local language which is pretty cool um so perhaps there are maybe little um after school clubs here and there but i actually was teaching um a little like five to seven or nine year olds um with the school with the ghana language which is pretty cool so again that is like more parents are making that effort uh putting in that effort for their for their uh for their children so that they're able to um, at least they can kind of break that cycle off you know like they their parents didn't um you know speak mm-hmm. it with them enough to, or even encourage it out of them for them to speak it so they're trying not to kind of repeat the same thing and so really encouraging uh putting their uh, their, their children into like uh, t- teaching schools if mm-hmm, you will mm-hmm. um but i i wouldn't say i mean compared to other um western languages like near or, or even the examples that you know that you gave um i don't think it's i think there's more work to be done basically yeah, yeah. in that sense and i and i hope that little that i'm doing is somehow um somehow uh going to add to that and so i was just yeah, thinking that definitely. she's she's changing the world she's changing the world you know oh, you gosh. have um <laughs> I guess a completely relationship, but almost like a a burden, a job to do that I, as a German native speaker, would never have to do because British schools do teach my native language to people. The the only redeeming thing I can say is they make them all hate German. So, (laughs) (laughs) and I mean, listen, like we all, I I was learning French in school, but I kind of speak French. It's it's just different when you're, but at least it's like at least yeah, no, it's it's half the job is you know at least it started and. Um, it's better than nothing, I, was... I, I guess. But yeah, I, I, I don't see it as a, a burden. But I, but I feel like yeah, just because there isn't many out there. So you know, you probably have seen it as I do with my mm-hmm. Instagram, mm-hmm. where I, I, I really, um, on top of everything that I do, I really make an effort to really put on, put content out. Just to oh really my help, gosh, I love uh, the, people. I love the songs that you break down. <laughs> I have had a Ben <laughs> stuck in my head for. We, oh it's so good i put it in the show that. notes listeners it, you can all just uh it's a bop it's so good check it out guys check it out that is it that is a tune that a lot of people a lot of like millennial millennials like with Ghanaian backgrounds grew up going to parties <laughs> and like being around Ghanaian family hearing the song but not actually quite knowing what the what they were listening to exactly and um yeah and just getting to break that down i think the feedback it's really fun it's such a Um, fun song (laughs) (laughs) such a fun song that probably yeah it's 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 an interesting one i love i i I do actually enjoy the song breakdown it does Mm -hmm, take a mm -hmm. while um to kind of produce them but it but i do yes now let's Spend maybe five minutes trying, trying to get Kirsten to say something in Chi. Okay, so I know how to greet you. I can say Machi if you. Okay, so that's a great job. Well done, Kirsty. And and I respond. I respond to that. Yeah, yeah. Yes, Kirsty. So, yeah. We previously said this translates roughly to good morning, right? And then yes, she says something yes. that is a little bit like hey, sis. <laughs> yes oh i love that hey sis right so the response is really yeah yeah nya, which is the word for sibling in the language so whether sis or hey bro yeah and so yeah. someone that you see um you know to, yeah you could see that yeah this is someone around the same age group as me so i can refer to them as that or if you had um 
someone that it's you feel oh this is you know around uh, same age as my parents right so as a, a, a father figure then it's like it's like a different way you respond to them where you say yeah edja so edja being father right and then for the for the other you say yeah enna enna being mother so that's how you would respond so if i met your a parent of yours and i wouldn't my respond and they agreed my response would be different to how i respond to you so that's the Mm-hmm. and something funny or fun actually not just not funny but something i really like that i learned about names first names in chi is they reflect the day of the week that you are born yes that that's that's mm-hmm. the case so do you do you happen did you work out when, when yours is do you, do you i worked do it you out, work out and i asked my, my husband has a colleague who who's i'm trying to remember we we did talk about this because he goes by justice as his name as his first name but also has a name in chi mm-hmm. but i've forgotten his chi name which is right. not good but i know that my husband would be coffee i think okay uh, so that would mean he was born on friday born on right yes that is and correct, i yes. would be i believe a binner Oh, oh Tuesday born. Okay, your Tuesday born. Yeah. Well, there you go. You've got your name. So I've got my Tuesday <laughs> name. Oh, amazing! I love that. And yeah. what? What? Um, what would be Effia? So Effia is literally just the, the female for coffee. So I'm a also Friday, Friday born. born. <laughs> a sun, a sun, a sun yeah, so for the female. Now I, I I copied a few notes. So listeners, again in the show notes, you can go to the Speak Tree clubhouse website where um effie has put down a few sort of introductions so let's try oh for god's sake uh, let's try and um see if there's anything that i can manage to read out or that we can put together here and this is the introduction section so you've got questions and answers on here maybe it maybe you could ask me a question and i can see if i can figure this out okay so so just pick one yeah go for it okay um woofry here oh well mefri 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 yeah yeah and that's... how do i say germany i am from germany you say germany <laughs> Okay, Mefri Germany. You say Germany. Well, you probably would say, oh gosh, this one is a tricky one because I want to say you say Jamai, Jamai. but I don't think so. <laughs> because here's the thing, it's said with sort of obviously the Ghanaian, uh, or I shouldn't say the, maybe the cheap yes. pronunciation, right? So, so for the most countries, we just pronounce them as they are. Um, you pronounce the, only, the English. Um, English version. and yeah, we, pr- we pronounce yeah. the English version, but with a with a Ghanaian sound, with a true that. sound, okay. right? The, yeah, so 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 ja- Germany, ja- ja- you know what? I don't <laughs> know if it's a mispronunciation. I would say just because we pronounce, uh, we we're meant, you know, in the language, we just would take the language, the 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 name, how it's pronounced in the actual language. We, we, it should be Germany. Ja, ja, Germany, but what I hear mostly from native speakers, or at least from Ashanti speakers, is Jamai, Jamai, Jamai. So I don't know. It's, it's been a bit okay. weird, maybe Germany, Germany, or maybe Germany. Germany. I don't know. I should not have picked this like one. I quite like it. I quite like it. How do I Germany. say the UK? Okay, so this is a good one, right? So 
I don't know why we 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 also uh, say Eng, 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 England, right? But we say in a different um, way. And I don't know why. Is it because of the ties? So you say Ingrisi. 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 Ingrisi, yeah. So we say Ingrisi. Ingrisi country. So English country. Ingrisi maimo. So Ingrisi my Ingrisi. But you could just say the English bit and then it's like you're just saying England. Ingrisi maimo. So and for my listeners yeah. who live in the, I've got lots of listeners who live in the USA and Canada. I, I can't run through all the countries. Okay, but okay. let's do USA, Canada and Australia. And then we've covered quite a large part. Yeah, it's okay. So USA, so you just say okay. America. Mithri, America. So, Mithri, America. And I don't know if I, so I've really tried to do it like the chi way, but I'm not sure if there's any different to how, and actually it's quite different with their accent. They will say American, when they? They will say American, right? It's a little slight, slight difference there. So America is how you say America. What about Canada? Ooh. <laughs> We're testing it now. Canada. Um, I would also say Canada. I really don't think it, it doesn't change. It, it really gets to change if your tongue is just not. So as I'm telling you this, I'm also thinking, how will my grandmother pronounce it, right? Because when you have, I guess maybe, I, I was going to say the youth as if I'm so out there, but if you have young people kind of pronouncing this, I'm sure if I'm saying America, America I'm sure my grandmother will probably say slightly mm-hmm. different. And I'm trying to recall. I think she may have said America, America. before. <laughs> America. America. So that could be it. That could be like the real pure way of how they could say mm-hmm. America. I could not. Um, and, then, and then Canada would be Canada. So um, just to summarize it, it really is, we would say that the name in the same way. I know in most languages, they change it and they kind of have a different name in the language uh, for the countries. Um but yeah, not in in a Santi tree. We say it, um, and we make it. Uh, we try so for the sounds in in our language. They they're quite pronounced. That you know they'll stand out, but the actual name would still got be it. the same. Got it. Okay, let's do one more question and answer. And listeners, I'll pop all of these in the in the show notes as well, so you can you can sort of read what we were what we were trying to aim for. So Wafri he Mefri. Germany. Yeah. Ah, mm-hmm. cool. Okay. Mifri Germany. Or can you can you do the second one in case can you say Mifri Jam Jamai? Mifri Jamai. Jamai. I'm just cracking up at this one. Mifri Jamai. Yeah. It's, you can do either. Mifri Jamai. Jamai. Germany. German. Yeah. It's probably more kind of clinical than anything, but yeah. <laughs> Let's do, ooh, ooh, let's do where do you live? Because there's two versions of that. Mm. There is, isn't it? Okay, so let's do that. Okay, there is. Okay, so what to hear? What to hear? Uh, oh, mete, mm-hmm. Englishy, can, country? My, my, English, my, yeah. So, so country is on my, and then countries is on my, but when you put it together, we get rid okay. of the prefixes. So, it's almost like you're saying M A N, my, M A N, which in English you would say man, right? But in the language, there's, there's a nasal kind of tone between the A and N. So, it's my, it's almost like there's an I in there. English, so my, English, my, English, my. 
my mu. So it's like in the mu at the end is in. So mete English is my Oh, so we're putting mm. we're putting the verb second, and the verb has got the i it built in it. Yeah. So when when yeah. So if if there's a way where you're bringing preposition in there, it will come at the end mm-hmm. after the noun. Fantastic. Well, yeah. listeners, if you are interested in learning more about this already really intriguing language, I'm certainly intrigued. Uh, if you're interested in learning more Chi or discovering other African languages, and you've got access to Clubhouse, then absolutely let me let me point out that you can go to Clubhouse and join. Like I said, it's a club and a club hosts different rooms and the room is kind of what you wander into. So you want to join what's called the club so that you can then see when the rooms are happening because in Clubhouse, everything happens in real time. Most things are not recorded in the actual app. It's nothing's recorded. It all just kind of, it's very ephemeral. And then you can join it as well. Where could people learn more or where would you like people to connect with you if they're interested and they want to find out a little bit more about you and about chi okay so you can connect with me like the 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 place where you will find me most would be on instagram mm-hmm. at the moment uh which is speak chi so you have your at speak chi um so speak s p e a k chi which is the language t w i and um you have i i provide a link there for you as well that directs you to uh the site where we put resource for uh the clubhouse rooms so that is clubhouse.speechtree.com and so speechtree is is the name basically and and clubhouse just because at the moment you know in in clubhouse rooms it's easier to have that there um and i actually have courses coming up as well where you can definitely um register your interest so if on the site clubhouse.speechtree.com if you register your interest uh, you get to find out updates about clubhouse rooms but also courses that are coming up or um free materials that you would uh, be interested to have access to um and on clubhouse the club is called african uh sorry it's called explore african languages so that's the name of the the club and and the rooms the tree rooms that come in would be a tree small talk so if you're in uh, you subscribe or or you follow the club itself which is club uh, explore african languages club and then you get to see um all the rooms you'll be notified basically when rooms are being open and at that club fantastic so yeah, I don't think I've missed anything out. So that's it. So Speechy on Instagram, Clubhouse on the site, and then we have um, the 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 club itself uh, within Clubhouse. Excellent. Now, please, all listeners, do head out and find out more about Chi because it's a fascinating language with a great, great story. And what clearly, what wonderful people we have teaching it, learning it around the world. So super excited. Thank you so much, Effie, for coming and sharing you know your story your attitude to languages and your your message really and this sort of mission of teaching you know languages all around the world teaching african languages african local languages all around the world you're doing some some really really important work and i'm i've just been so excited that you were ready to come and hang out with me on the podcast Oh, thank you so much. Very lovely to hear that. And thank you. Thank you so much for having me because it's just been so fun um, just kind of talking about it. And um, yeah, I'm just um, 
just excited for you guys to reach out and, and learn the language as, as Kirsten said it's, it's, a, it's a good language so if you have a interest for languages uh, you probably are if you listen to the podcast and you you're interested to you know pick another one up then yeah I definitely will recommend you for you thanks for having me it's been, it's been fun this is my very first pod, podcast wow. actually so it's been very fun <laughs> I know so it's been very fun what a way to start it the off, best so. way the best way with an interview on fluent show the best way be the best way now listeners you know where to find us so you can find me on twitter as well it's at the fluent show or I'm on Instagram to K-E-R-S-T-I-N underscore fluent and Instagram speak tree. So that's S-P-E-A-K-T-W-I. It's time to say goodbye here on The Fluent Show and we have prepared the usual way of signing off. You ready, Effie? Let's go. Okay, it is goodbye from me today. Goodbye and goodbye from Effie Abrefi. Thank you for listening to The Fluent Show. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider supporting the show by leaving a review in your podcast app or even becoming a member of our Patreon community where our supporter perks include a secret feed full of added show notes and a VIP option where you can get priority answers to your listener questions on the podcast. Don't forget that you can send us your language questions and feedback to hello at fluentlanguage.co.uk or find us on Twitter at The Fluent Show or Instagram hashtag The Fluent Show. We're always so excited to hear from you and read every message and review. See you next week.